Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DeadStoreProds.com video games podcast. As always, I'm dead. Joining today, we have Caveman. Aloha. And Alex. Hey, everybody. <sighs> yeah. So Alex and me are awake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I spent all last night just I was I was gonna go to bed. I was gonna go to fucking sleep, but then <laughs> when I kept playing a game. You so, know, because we're professionals. Yeah, totally. Because that's how it works. So I think I might like Dynasty Warriors. Oh no. Don't go there. Cause I've been playing a Dynasty Warriors esque game for the past couple of weeks and I kinda love it. The game is Hyrule Warriors. Ah, uh, Hyrule Warriors game out of everything. Yep, they made a Gundam one too. Uh, they made four Gundam ones. Yeah, I don't think they're making any more though. That, I think that was the end of that with the last one. Hell, after the last after the last uh, Dynasty Warriors game, they're probably not making any more Dynasty Warriors games either. That's true. Because apparently, the last one was dog shit. They didn't even give it a physical release. It was download only. Yeah. Wow, that's bad. Download only, no subs. I mean, no dub, just Japanese with subtitles. Yeah. So It broke Jim Sterling, the internet's staunchest Dynasty Warriors defender. Wow. That, wow. <laughs> that's impressive. The good times are over. Well, I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't say that because Warriors. Hyrule Warriors is still a thing. That is true. And Hyrule, and from what I've seen of Hyrule Warriors, it's baller. It is kind of great. I have been really enjoying playing it. I've been playing it for I don't know how many hours, uh, but I've beaten the story mode. I have gotten almost, I, I've, I've beaten every single level on the first adventure map screen. I'm now, on to, I'm now on to the second of, I think, like nine or ten. Cause yeah, like so. Give me so. For those who don't know, Hyrule Warriors is Dynasty Warriors, but Zelda. It was originally released on the Wii U, uh, came out on the 3DS, and then it was re-released with everything in it on the Switch, which is the version I'm playing. And yeah, if you ever seen Dynasty Warriors, it's just that, but Zelda. You play as Link and Skull Kid and Tingle. Remember Tingle? Oh, yes. Everybody remembers Tingle. So imagine that fucker in HD. Just fucking coming at you. Tingle is a character that Japan really loves and the U.S. does not. I'm not sure what he is. Like, so I don't. They're not, they're not sure uh, what to he's do with a him. creepy little man who's obsessed with fairies. Is he, though? Yes, that's literally it. He's like. That's all he is. He is a creepy little man obsessed with fairies. It may have started out that way, but like the Joker, he's become more of an idea than a person. Just this fucking bizarre creature whose body does not conform to any standard of fucking humanish bodies that we've seen so far. In any of the Zelda games. 
So I can't believe he's just an old man. Because old men don't look like that. They don't move like that, and they don't look like that in a onesie. <laughs> I'm just saying, when he gets running, shit gets moving. <laughs> and once you see that, you kind of you kind of can't see him as a human anymore, or a Hylian, or whatever the fuck the race of non-weird bird people. Are they just Hylians? Uh, yeah, they're supposed to be Hylians. Unless, unless Hyrule doesn't actually exist in the setting. No, nope, Hyrule does destroyed. exist. It's just weird magic shit. So I guess story mode wise, um, I believe, I believe these are new characters to the game. But uh, an evil witch called Sia uh, goes and breaks, goes and tries to break open the fucking, gets some weird magic bullshit to get super powerful get the Triforce because it's fucking it's Zelda. But in doing so ends up waking up Ganon because it's Zelda. No villain can ever just not be Ganon. No, I think Ganon wasn't one of the villain wasn't the villain in one of the other games. No, whenever 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 the in every Zelda game that I have played, um except for Majora's Mask, basically. There we go. That's it. It's Majora's Mask. That's the only game where I think the bad guy isn't Ganon. There's a couple others, but in most of the uh, main games, it's usually Ganon. Even when it's somebody else, it ends up being Ganon. Well, in Link's Awakening, it wasn't Ganon, I don't think. So again, outside outside of fucking whatever the fuck, uh, goddamn uh, Majora's Mask. Even if they set up somebody else as the villain, by the end of it, Ganon just shows up and takes all their work. Just you got some villain who's like putting in the time, got this fucking awesome plan going, shit's going great, and then Ganon shows up. It's like, hey, buddy, thanks for putting all this work. I have the Triforce. Fuck off. And they're like, oh, okay. I don't think Ganon was the villain in the Oracles games, and he wasn't the villain in um, uh, the fashion one. I don't even know what one that one is, but moving on. Yeah, uh, so she does that shit, and then it ends up like merging a bunch of different Zelda worlds together. So basically, like, Zelda's... So a good chunk of the Zeldas are just kind of existing. They just kind of are in their own in their own individual, in their own, like, single world, and then Shit gets weird when they bring in Wind Waker. Because all the Wind Waker characters still look like cartoons. And everybody else... Oh, that is weird. Yeah, it is. It's a bit disconcerting. But I guess it makes sense <laughs> from another dimension. But so you think somebody would look at him and they just go, Jesus Christ! We're from the cel-shaded dimension. It's very bright. We're from the only 3D game with personality before Breath of the Wild. Burn. People will fight you on that. It's true, though. I'm Fuck not em. one of them, but people will fight you. In order, in order to fight me on this, they need to listen to this podcast. Oh, that's true. So either way, it's a win for me. He's got a point. Feel free to add him on Twitter. Yeah, Deadman on 2 Prods. Link in the description. 
Yeah, and it's just it's just you go into these Dynasty Warrior looking arenas where you have to go capture keeps and fight commanders and escort other dudes and raise and raise your raise your morale while lowering your enemy's morale. Collect fairies to deactivate barriers. It's all very fucking Dynasty Warriors, from what little I understand about Dynasty Warriors. I will just say that by the end of a lot of those maps, my thumb is really sore from tapping so hard and so often, and I've killed 3,000 people. Yeah, I think that's my favorite thing about the Dynasty Warriors games, is they just they give you that I want to be the badass that walks into a room full of an army and is the only one to walk out. Oh yeah. With like, with like all these characters, are they, everybody has special moves and a lot of them are just like AOE stuff. So a lot of times, like I'll go into a keep, just run headlong into the biggest group of enemies. I see biggest cluster and then just fucking pop that off and just watch as the kill counter goes up. That is usually how it works. It is kind of great. Yeah, I mean, um, I can't remember the name of the game that I played, but uh, there was a uh, fan game that was, it was a Jedi game, and it was the only game in which I actually felt like I was a fucking Jedi, because I walked into a room full of stormtroopers and just slaughtered them, and it's the (laughs) ultimate power fantasy, it's the ultimate power fantasy, and Dynasty Warriors is one of the few games on the market that gives you that power fantasy, that gives you the ability to walk into a room full of people that are all highly skilled and highly trained and say, nah, motherfucker. Yeah. Y'all my bitches. It's like w- walking into a level one D and D game with a level 20 character. Yeah. Whereas in this, instead of fighting like just warriors, you're fighting, um, winged monsters and bacoblins and moblins and stallmasters and weird fucking skeletons that breathe gas that make you stop moving. And you're playing as a child possessed by a demon mask with two fairies floating behind you, and your weapon is an ocarina. Yay! And you can shoot lasers out of your eyes for reasons that I do that I do not think were established in Majora's Mask. Did did Skullkid have heat vision in Majora's Mask? I don't remember. I don't remember that. No. Yeah, one of his one of the abilities. Uh, so like every every single character you go in, um, at. So as you are killing stuff, you are collecting materials. You can use that materials to use those materials to then get badges. Every character has the same badge progression. There are kind of like three areas of focus for the badges. There are um, attack badges, defense badges, and uh, assist badges. The assist badges they mainly work. They mainly work on kind of buffing your items because you have items. Because of course you do. It is you know bombs. Bombs, hammers, boomerangs, hook shots, the Zelda shit, a bow and arrow. Yeah, I don't think Skull Kid had laser vision. Yeah, but in this, no, it's just one of his combo attacks is just you hit you fucking hit him twice with your fairies, and then you shoot lasers out of your eyes. Uh, I think the mask. Are you wearing the mask? Yeah. Then I think the mask could shoot lasers. So. Might be the mask that's letting him shoot lasers. lasers. I'm just going to say this. When a lot of people reference Skull Kid, they are referencing him with the mask and not without because he spends the majority of the game with the mask and they're kind of inseparable in terms of the iconography. 
Yeah, but I could understand the game giving you like a maskless skull kid mode or something like that. Then he does nothing. He just cries. Every attack is he cries. No, he's got music. He could use music attacks. Every attack is he cries. Why are you so hard on Skull Kid? Skull Kid's okay. No, Skull Kid is great. Like, as a character and, like, as a motivation and everything. He's not great as a warrior. But does he turn people into little Deku people or make the moon crash down? Because, you know. Uh, One of his abilities is actually summon the moon. Oh, figures. Yeah, but that's also one of the abilities of the Great Fairy. That's weird. I don't remember the Great Fairy being able to summon the moon to destroy people. Actually, a couple characters can summon the moon. Can Link summon the moon? Actually, that's the thing. The Great Fairy is one of Link's weapons. Oh. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, Link... Link being Link has nine... Has, like, I think seven different weapons you can choose from while every other character has at most three. And one of his is the Master Sword, which is the most powerful weapon in, in the game, I think. But they also have the Great Fairy. And when you choose the Great Fairy, um, you are then playing as the Great Fairy as she carries a bottle, as, a, as she carries a, around a fairy bottle with Link in it. Okay. I feel like there's a uh, Soviet Russia joke to be made there. Yeah. In Soviet Hyrule, fairy bottles you. Yeah, that's the exact <laughs> joke. Like, I can't. Nope, that that's the exact joke. Yeah. Yeah, and characters. Uh, they they pull characters from fucking the entirety of the Zelda timeline. Uh, they got dudes from like original fucking thing. They got they got dudes from the most recent thing. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure in one of the upcoming adventure mode maps I'm playing, I'm able to unlock the rabbit dude who talks to you in Link Between Worlds. Rabbit? Oh, yeah. That fucking guy. Wow, they really are pulling every character. I'm surprised they remember that guy. Yeah, they got they got dudes from Skyward Sword. They got dudes from fucking... Uh, like, like I said, they have... From, from Wind Waker, they have Toon Link. They have Tetra. You know, the interesting Zelda. And then they also have her dad who can just turn into the boat. I don't know what to say to that. Do they have the good the uh, the train? Uh, I do not. I don't think so. No. Oh, they, no okay, train. so they didn't pull from that. They didn't pull from Phantom Hour. They didn't pull from like the fucking 3ds stuff. Oh, oh. unfortunately. No Ghost Zelda then. Phantom Hourglass sucked. <laughs> One of the interesting things uh, they like. I, I like the they introduced a new character to this who I really like and I feel so bad for. Okay. Her name is Linkle. She, yeah, her name is Linkle. Uh, she is just somebody living out in Hyrule Forest, living in living out there. Her grandma was convinced that she was the reincarnation of the hero because in this in this fucking thing or whatever. Oh no! Yeah, they and she is convinced herself that she is the reincarnation of the hero. Oh no! And here's the thing: she can fight like on par with Link. She has fucking magic shit up there. So just like back for like when they're like, hey, Link is a female now because he looked especially girly in that one screenshot. I don't think so. I th- I oh. think like I think she was in this before all that stuff happened. Oh, OK. 
they just made a new they just made a link offshoot called Linkle. Who I think it was Breath of the Wild? They did that. Like yeah. someone's like, "Oh yeah, Link's a woman now." Because wait, you mean the effeminate girly boy is now a girl? What? Y- yeah, and they, they were like, uh, "No, it's still usual Link. He just looked really, really effeminate in that one shot." Yeah, it's like, "Bitch, settle your tits." We, they were like, "We're no. we're Nintendo. We're not going to do something that interesting." <laughs> Sad but true. Yeah, give him two more console generations, and maybe we'll have a female Link for realsies. Then they'll catch up to the rest of the world. But no, she is just this really cheery girl who cannot read a map for shit despite having a compass around her neck at all times. Who just, who just like, every time you, every time you finish a certain mission in the event, in the story mode... There's then an offshoot thing of Linkle fighting into the previous arena and going the wrong direction. Oh, poor dear. Yeah, she, yeah, it's just oh, wave of darkness over to land. It's finally my time, Grandma. And she's talking to her grandma's ghost because her grandma's dead. Oh God. So she puts in her green cloak, which green is the color of the hero because no one else wears green. Grabs her dual hand crossbows. I'm the reincarnation of Link. Yeah, grabs her dual hand crossbows and runs off into danger, fighting against all kinds of horrible shit. Never actually, I don't think she ever actually interacts for real with uh, Link or Zelda. The closest she gets to either of them is Impa. Just runs into a battlefield where Impa is. They fight and then Impa's like, hey, fucking thanks, bro. You're cool. Well, when he meets people and then like fade to black or whatever. And it's just so sad. She tries so hard. And she's putting in the work, man. She's doing good shit. But because she is not the preordained hero of destiny, fuck her. She ain't doing shit. Nope. You're not the magic hero person, so you lose. You didn't pull the sword from the you didn't pull the sword from the stone or be born with the stone in your hand, so eat my ass. Yeah, story mode's fun now, but the real meat potatoes of this game is the adventure mode. Where you just go in and you just have this fucking giant grid. Let me actually see how big this grid is. Um It's gonna sound stupid, but you know what? Le- you know what number of the alphabet N is? Uh, like fourteen, fifteen, somewhere in that area. All right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, every, so every one of these maps, uh, there's like, like I said, like nine or so adventure maps, and each adventure map is fourteen by seven. And as you go into them, each one has each one is a different thing. Like some of them are just standard Dynasty Warrior stuff of, hey, capture these keeps and defeat the enemy commander. Other ones are defeat twenty captains and you can only be hit twice. Other ones are don't get hit ever and fucking escort these dudes. Other ones are hey, fight these cuckoos because chickens are a factor in adventure mode and they are a bitch. Yes, they're very. I powerful can imagine Zelda for some reason. Cuckoos are like the worst enemy to ever anger in uh, Zelda. Though apparently you can beat Ganon with them. Yeah, not not surprising. 
Like, if you can get an enemy to accidentally attack a Kaku, uh, they will summon the army of Kakus. Yeah, that's the joke. It's like fucking... It's like Civilization Gandhi. Or something. Just I, they, like They put it in as a joke, and then it's well, in every with, game. With the original Civilization Gandhi, it was a glitch. He was set so I'm, low I'm aware. that... I'm aware. Yeah. It wraps around from 0 to 255. But no, I... I'm just assuming that they tested the game and they saw that like the entire test group was like, I want to kill this chicken. As they're like, no, we can't have that. Let's fucking have the chicken try to kill you. The chickens will get revenge. The chicken uprising. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, In some of these modes, it's like, hey, there's a, there's a baby cuckoo and a fucking mama one. It escort the baby to the mama. If you don't, the mama will kill everyone. See, I gotta wonder, like, is it, like, a thing where uh, they will find corpses in, like, cuckoo nests, and the people will just be like, shouldn't have kicked it. You know what I mean? Like, they just don't take the corpses back, they just leave them where they lie. Exactly. She's like, we're not fucking with the cuckoos. That is their claim now. No, I mean, they wouldn't build the nest on the corpse. Like, like, for most people, the chickens are just chickens. But then, every once in a while, they'll just see, they'll just see, like, a dead body covered in eggshells. And just realize that they are living with horror. Actually, that's the thing. If when you kill a cuckoo, you die, what do they, what, what are they? What are cuckoos? Cuz they're not just chickens. Like they're not fucking food animals and they don't seem to serve any kind of like Oh, they eat their eggs. So that's it. They just they're only good for eggs. No one in that world has ever had a chicken burger. Cuz they try they die. Yeah, Godzilla's no, fucked. It's just that you know all chefs that have to prepare cuckoos are mighty, are also mighty warriors. The mightiest that have to slay it in an epic battle in the kitchen. Before yeah, it's like it's like all right, everybody, we have cuckoo on the menu. Um, everyone gets cuckoo tonight because I oh, can't just, kill yeah, one just, of them. Yeah, we'll have we'll have the uh, the roasted cuckoo, please. And he's <laughs> like, all right, thanks. Uh, goes goes in kitchen. It just, it just comes armor, out and comes out with nine giant sword. All right, let's go. Yeah, then comes out with nineteen dead. Comes out with nineteen coke cuckoos, and it's like I only ordered one. This is what you fucking get. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Just leave the rest to rot? No, man. You sell that shit since they don't have freezers. That shit don't keep. The only restaurants that offer kaku are in the far north, where they can just bury the uh, dead ones in the ice to keep them. Uh, you know, viable. Or they have a, they have a guy whose job is just to shoot ice arrows at it all day. <laughs> yeah, like I was saying, um, adventure mode in this game is where everything is. It is where you unlock characters. It is where you unlock new levels of we- weapons. It is where you get new weapons. It is where you get better versions of old weapons. It is where you 
It's where you do everything. Which is weird that it's like the fifth option on the menu. Like, like there was a like there was a thing. Um, every time we get up to a loading screen, you know, it has tooltips, whatever. And it was talking about fairies. I played through the entirety of the story mode without finding a single fairy. Because they're all in adventure mode. They're all in adventure mode. And each different map in adventure mode is based off of a different Zelda game. Like the first one, like all of them are done in 8-bit art style and everything. But the first one is original Zelda. It's just OG, uh, just OG Legend of Zelda. And, and then the second one is the Great Sea map where you are, where it's, you know, fucking Wind Waker. Which I can't wait for that game to be released on Switch because I want to try playing it again. I'm going to be talking about a game in a bit that that just kind of confirms to me that I do think I like Zelda. I just don't like Zelda. <laughs> like I said, I'll get into it. Yeah, and then and then from there, it just kind of goes on like, hey, there's like an Ocarina map and other shit and then that and that. Just every game that is featured seems to have its own adventure map that raises in difficulty as you progress through them. Right now, I'm in the easy ones, and I still sometimes struggle to get a B ranking in these things. Get good. I, I'm trying. But the problem, one of the problems that kind of comes about with adventure mode is just when you go into it, you kind of have no real other option but to play as Link. Because through the course of the story mode, Link's kind of one of the five characters of the, like, 25 in the game. that's actually been leveled up to a point that he is a feasible, that he's like a feasible um, option in combat. Because everybody out there at level one or, like, level seven or whatever, when you bring him in, and they have the lowest possible tier of item, of weapon that they can. So you need to either pump money into them because you can pay rupees to raise their level and hope for the best or just grind out levels over and over again as Link and hope to get good gear for your other characters. Which is unfortunate. This is a... This game doesn't have a great, like, uh, progression to it. Mm-hmm. And with this many characters, it... And this many characters, it kind of can't. So I understand the need of like putting in the putting in the you know pay money to raise level, but it could have done something. Like there could have been like a more fleshed out story mode that had all the other characters get a bit more time in it. It could have had it could it could have had like you know more or or like you know just like a side story thing where like hey once you unlock these characters you can play this you can play this fucking story mode that ramps up the ramps up the difficulty. As your character levels and all other shit. Could add something, but just as it is, it is a very sloppy kind of way to move forward with characters. And there is no real, like, introduction to how any of these characters play. You just kind of select them and good luck. Which is a bit of a trial by fire, but it is... It's not that hard. A lot of them do play the same. It's just a matter of figuring out timing on attacks and stuff. And especially figuring out how attacks work. Like, one of the weirdest ones I had was trying to fight as Wizro, who is this weird, evil cloak. 
with like made out of hands or something. He can summon the Langoliers. The Langoliers. Yeah, he's scaring the little girl. But anyway, uh, yeah, he he just fires out like little tiny fucking balls of purple energy that move at a weird speed. So you have so anytime you want to do anything, you have to, have to kind of like preempt your attacks by a couple seconds. Because if you don't, you because like if you, if you if you're not right up on them, then it'll take a few seconds for your attacks to hit. As opposed to somebody like Linkle, who has a bit who has a bit more range, but it is like instant. And then there are characters with just like fucking meters on top of meters and other weird shit that they never really explain. You just have to ca- see again. You just have to ca- kind of have to guess. But it's never something. Any- it's never anything like super difficult to learn. Like this ain't some fucking arc system work shit. This is just Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, the game's a lot of fun. I might have to check out a good Dynasty Warriors game after this. <laughs> uh, moving on, keeping on the we keeping on the Switch. Um, I bought the Blob. Which is a game that I've actually played before. I have uh, spent a decent amount of time with the Da Blob series. The game's not as fun as I remember it being. That's a shame. Yeah. So the whole point of this uh, game is that um, there's a city where a totalitarian regime has taken over and they have made it their mission to erase all color that isn't monochrome. Like they like they sweep they strip strip away the color of the civilians, making them all gray. They strip away the buildings, and everything. But there is the color underground that is there to bring about revolution. And their main weapon of revolution is the blob, a blob that can absorb paint and repaint cities and stuff. And so it's basically just kind of a Katamari Damacy kind of thing, where you're just this big rolling ball of paint. And anything you touch gets painted the color you are. You mix colors and paint buildings. You mix other colors and jump inside buildings and make them explode. You just kill people. Just straight fucking murder. And yeah, it's just you, you break through levels and do this other shit. You fucking paint things. That's all you do. Just, you just paint. There's some kind of interesting writing here and there. Uh, like the civilians are called gradients, which I which took me a bit to kind of get kind of get a hold on. But I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's just paint. Yeah, that's witty colors. But yeah, it's it's not great on the Switch, I don't think. And it's, it's even weirder is it actually plays worse in handheld mode. Really. Yeah, like on my on my TV, it runs totally fine. Well, I say totally fine. There's a lot of frame drops, a lot of a lot of frame rate dips in this for reasons that I can't really determine. Like it's not like this is a game that was on the Wii that ran smoothly on the Wii. So why is it having a hard so why so unless the emulation is that bad, why is it having a hard time running on the Switch? But then you go into handheld mode and it gets even worse. It's just kind of unfortunate. 
Uh, moving on from there, I played Black Ops 3 for about 20 minutes. Whoa. Only 20 minutes. Yes, because it was free. Are you excited for the zombie mode? No. But I, you can get in on the beta. Yeah, but I don't have friends to play it with, and I'm not going to play with randos. Because the randos, zombie I'll get mode. way too into the zombie mode. But no, uh, yeah, they released Black Ops 3 for free for a little while there. Uh, for PS Plus members uh, to just kind of type up the release of Black Ops 4. I installed it. I played two multiplayer mode. I played two multiplayer matches and the story mode for about five minutes and then gave up because, well, Call of Duty got bad. And it made me really miss Titanfall. Ah, Titanfall. That game is still fun. Haven't played it in a while, but I did enjoy it a lot. And now Call of Duty is just straight up doing that. Like wall runs, boost jump, small little like thruster jetpacks on your on your dudes. Different oh, no weird tech robots. shit. Which are the best part of Titanfall in my that opinion. Is, that is true. Yeah, they just they just took they just took the parts that make tight that they quote unquote make Titanfall fun and then stapled them onto the fucking corpse of Call of Duty. Yeah, you want to talk about zombie mode. All of Call Call of Duty is kind of zombie mode right now. Yeah. Like it's not in multiplayer, it didn't feel like I was playing against people. Like with like with uh like pretty much the only multiplayer online game that I've been playing recently has been Overwatch. Or Splatoon 2. Splatoon! Yeah, and with those... Those are team-based shooters that feel like you are playing with a team. It feels like you are playing with people against other people. In Call of Duty, there's none of that. Going into team deathmatch, everyone just fucking runs in random directions and then you occasionally hear gunfire. It's like playing against robots. Well, there are bots in uh, the Bloops games, so you might have wound in a lot of uh, wound up in a lot of uh, bot matches. I did not. But in in Call of Duty in general, there was never any uh, sense of uh, te- I, I lie. When I played couch co-op Call of Duty with three of my friends and we'd be in teams of 2v2 it would all we would always end up being like okay so i'm the bait while you shoot at them right okay i'm gonna go run down the alleyway but that was the closest we ever got to teamwork no it wasn't even that like there like there were points where i remember playing call of duty modern warfare the original modern warfare online and it would be like me running around a map and then i would see somebody we would look at each other for like a second and then we would both just like start running around together And it yeah, felt because like, every individual is too obsessed with their own level and score to actually care. Yeah, teamwork. Call of Duty kind of call you duty, Call of Duty itself to death. What'd you hate to see happen? That's just poor sportsmanship, right there. Uh, moving on from that, um, I beat Witcher two. Don't have any real desire to go play Witcher 3 yet. 
Was it as good as people claimed? I don't know. What did people claim about Witcher 2? Uh, that it was like the best game ever. Yeah. At least back when it came out. Yeah, not really. Like, it was fun. I I enjoyed playing it. Um, I couldn't really get into it because of Geralt. Like, everybody else, everybody else's voice acting, they did a really great job with all the with like bringing characters life and stuff. Uh Dandelion's kind of the weakest link out of the out of the out of the non Geralt cast. But then you get Geralt and he is just I am doing a gruff oh, delivery. Gravelly voiced hero man. I'm going to sleep with all of your women and then save the world. Yeah, no real order. inflection, no real emotion. Just that level of delivery at all times. <sighs> and Can so I have a sandwich. And so when and so when you are asked to well not asked when you are told by the game to make decisions that will affect the fate of the world it might have just been better to have him be like a fucking persona protagonist where you select the line of dialogue then he just gestures his hands like he's talking and then somebody responds like you said something I'm playing Persona 5 again like <laughs> uh, once this recording is done I'm going to load in Persona 5 What no no more Nino Cooney you, you've mentioned Persona, so I want to go play Persona. <laughs> I didn't know it was that easy. It really is. I love that game so much. A really good it fucking is, game. It is, it is one of my favorite games of all time. Period. I want the dancing games. <laughs> Get some cardio in. They're not coming out until 2019. And we get I might actually have to get one of those dancing games in order to get some cardio. Might be a good way for me to get cardio. It's not. It's it's not. Okay, what do you think the dancing games are? I assume that I'd have to get one of the motion tracker thingies. No, it doesn't work like that. You just play with the controller. Yeah. Oh, well, fuck that noise. That's pointless. It's Hatsune Miku. I don't know what that means. It's Guitar Hero, but dance. <laughs> they are great. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I I don't know. By the end of it, I didn't even care. Like by the by get, getting to the end of that game, I did not care what the story was. I was mainly just like plowing through it to end it. Because I kept making decisions that felt like they did nothing until I realized something terrible had happened. And I'm oh. like, well, what the fuck? Oh my, okay. Like, got to the end. I got to the end of the game. There was a decision I had to make between, like, saving my girlfriend and stopping the bad guy, I think. I don't, I don't, I didn't know when the decision actually happened. But at some point, I made a decision to not save my girlfriend, and then the bad guy saved her. Okay. And then I was given the choice of killing the bad guy or letting him live. See, I had the same issue happen to me when I was playing Alpha Protocol. Um, at one point, you have the option to choose to save an ally who's helped you through the entire game or go and have your revenge. And I'm always the guy who's like, I'm going to go save the ally. But it never actually illustrated the option for me. Uh-huh. So I was very confused when it turned out I'd let my ally die because I basically, basically, I had turned down the wrong corridor. <laughs> 
Like that was the, that was the moment of decision. There was no cutscene. I'm going to make this choice. There was no, uh, if you go this way, your progress will not be able to blah blah blah. It was just, yeah, you turned the wrong way, fucker. Yeah. Now you get to fight me instead of saving the chick you were planning on sleeping with. Your fucking buddy's dead. Now get ready for murder. I mean, if you go the wrong way and confront the guy, it's not like you could go, wait, no, it changed my mind. Don't attack me anymore, please. Yeah, but you could, like, fucking, fucking put up a give sign. You some, hint, some warning. Have have some of like, my dialogue, like, hey, you head down the left, you head down the left corridor, you go save your fucking peace. You know, now the right corridor, it's murder time. Instead of just, hey, you have two nondescript corridors. It's realistic. Most games that I play let me know I'm about to make that pivotal decision. Yeah. Hell, even this game did it. Even Witcher 2 did it. It's like, hey, going into the end game, dog. Shit's about to get rough. Just about to get raw, dog. But yeah, with Witcher 3, um, I've heard so many good things about it. I'll end up playing it eventually. Like, comes on sale again on Steam, and I'll pick it up for like 30 bucks. But yeah, I'd... I just kind of need a break from The Witcher right now. So instead, I'm playing Okami. Ah, uh, Okami. Because I got that on Steam. I love Okami. Yeah, and this is what I meant earlier. Like, Okami is a Zelda game, basically. Yeah, it is, but better. Yeah. So, I'm pretty sure my entire I... thing is, I like Zelda games. Like, I've played a bunch of games that are considered, like, Zelda clones that... I've gone in and played and enjoyed. But it's just the Zelda ones. I have a friend who loves Okami and loves Zelda. And a, a while ago, she was like, you know, I wish people would get me Okami-themed merch. But there is no Okami-themed merch. And I was like, well, what kind of Okami merch would you like? And she was like, socks. And it was the best present that I ever got her. Oh. <laughs> like All the Zelda presents I'd gotten her couldn't hold a candle to a single pair of socks. <laughs> Okami is the better Zelda game. <laughs> Period. Yeah, and it's just a matter of control. Like like with 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 Okami, it's it, yeah, it's yeah, it's got the art style. Yeah, it's got the fucking flavor of being of being like you know based upon Japanese mythos and stuff. Yeah, it's got the personality and everything. But all that stuff was in Wind Waker too. Like outside of the Japanese stuff, that stuff was in Wind Waker too. Like Wind Waker. Out of every 3D Zelda game I played, it was probably my favorite. I well, loved Wind Waker so much. A lot of people so love Wind Waker. But oh, everyone who bitches about the, oh, you have to sail for hours to get anywhere, can just go shut up and die. That is the most awesome feeling. Yeah, like fucking Black Flag, dude. That shit was great. But anyway. Yeah, like that game was my favorite Zelda game, but then it just got on my fucking nerves because I had to control it like a Zelda game. I just kind of hate Zelda controls. Like every Zelda game I played with uh, with Zelda with like 3D Zelda game, it has felt awkward and stiff and it always felt like I was doing what I wanted half the time I was doing something. So I guess just for reference, um 3D Zelda games that I've played, um, Majora's Mask, um, Wind Waker, and Ocarina of Time. 
those are the three I've played. I played Majora's Mask to completion. I played Wind Waker for a few hours and then kind of got just fed up with it. I think I was in, I think I was going into a boss fight and the camera kept flipping around to the opposite direction I wanted to aim it. Because for some reason, uh, when you go into like the fucking the more zoomed in aim mode, it goes to the direction the character is facing, not the direction the camera is facing. Which was annoying. But then you get into Okami, and it's same, similar style of overworld and dungeon stuff, similar style of like puzzle solving, similar style of getting information and all that shit. But it all just works better because it controls better. Like other stuff too, but even if this was like if this was a Zelda game, just straight up a Zelda game, this would be my favorite Zelda game before Breath of the Wild came out. Because it it is it all works. It all works in a way that regular Zelda doesn't work for me. I feel like I'd I feel like I'd be way more into Zelda if I had gotten into it in the 2D days because the 2D Zelda games of what I've played so far, I've really enjoyed. Like I really enjoyed um, Link Between Worlds. I enjoyed Hyrule played... Warriors. That's the fan. That's the fashion one. No. God damn it, my brain just skipped a beat. I'm sorry. I've been trying what? to remember which one was the fashion uh, Zelda game. Just look up Legend of Zelda fashion game. I know. Feels dirty. It's not. Uh, fine, I'll do it. Legend of Zelda fashion. Fashion Nova. What is that? I'm assuming it's the fashion game. Uh, Triforce Heroes. Triforce Heroes is the one where you, where the whole game is costumes. But yeah, I, no, I actually completely agree. Other than Wind else, Waker, but... uh, my preference is towards the 2D Zelda games. Because they're more puzzle games than action exploration games. And the 3D ones just aren't very good for exploration, in my opinion. Like the the one that's kind of like a special case is Breath of the Wild. Do I make sense? No, yeah, you do. Um, what I played of Majora's Mask, I enjoyed. Like it was like the way that it was the way that it was just dealing with. It had it had this nihilism about it that I really appreciated, but it just still controlled like Zelda. So it was just like ugh. ugh. And it and it didn't help that it was like fucking like a twenty year old game, so it had like twenty year old fucking whatever behind it. So it was a lot of all right. So yeah, you got to go collect these fucking like nineteen thousand different things. We don't tell you about it, and then if you don't get it by the end of it, then we won't give you the special awesome reward, which you don't need. Like every fucking every fucking thing was like all right. So you got to go do this, 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 and get the fierce deity mask, then you can go fight Majora. I didn't. And I just went in there with just nothing, just regular fucking swords or whatever, and still beat Majora without the Fierce Deity Mask. Come at me, you fucking don't need it. assholes. People just liked it. Actually, funny thing. Uh, Young Link is in Hyrule Warriors, and his weapon is the Fierce Deity Mask. Of course. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Anyway, yeah, like I said, playthrough Okami now. Um, it is... It's on, it's on Steam. 
So I'm playing that. Um, unfortunate thing is that it's locked to 30 FPS. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, but I think it needs it for like the art style. It's it's fucking it's great. It's still great. Um, I've just gotten up to the point where I am going around and collecting the dogs. Yeah, I got the five dogs in the main village. And I need to go out and find the other three, so that I can get the things to go into the to go into a shrine to fight the crimson fucking whatever. Oh god, I'm turning into that asshole. Fuck. Which asshole? The shitbag grandson of the great hero. The guy who has the wooden sword and keeps taking credit for all the shit you do. Oh, yeah. That guy. Yeah. The villain I'm going to go fight, he calls the crimson whatever. It's like, fuck, I'm turning into that asshole. Shit. (laughs) Yeah, Susano is the name. Yeah, I'm going to keep playing I that. Was, I thought it would be pronounced Susano. Who cares? It's that asshole. Susano. Yeah, who gives a fuck? He's an asshole. Anyway, I'm moving to the last thing that I can talk about in depth. Um, the Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit. I heard that game was really good. It was. I tried recording something for it, and it blue screened my computer. Yeesh. And then my computer, and then my computer, and then my computer blue screened to death, so I had to reinstall Windows. So, like, like the day it came out, I downloaded it, installed it, and started recording. I got an hour and a half into a recording, and then my computer blue screened. Maybe wait for it to cool down outside a bit. It might have been due to overheat. It was not. Uh, if your computer overheats, it'll just shut off. Yeah, it won't blue screen. It'll just boom. That's what mine used to do. And plus, my computer... Every single component that can overheat has so many fucking cooling shits on it that are all working. Then I have no idea. What happened was... Fucking five years ago, on a different installation of Windows, I had installed Panda Internet Security, and then when I uninstalled it, something didn't uninstall properly, and now I just have never-ending blue screens because of fucking Panda. At least that's what the internet tells me because whenever I look up the fucking thing that caused the problem, it says it's related to Panda internet security. So just uninstall Panda. It should help. I had a plan to uninstall forever, but because, but because it's fucking, I have, I have some fucking shit hidden in app data or whatever. I can't ever be free of it. Even on, even on a fucking install of windows that has never had Panda installed. I still get Panda blue screens. So fuck me, I guess. Well, if you insist. It's just something I have to it's just something I have to deal with until I can get a new computer in fucking 12 years. <sighs> but anyway. Uh so yeah, um in this game in so yeah, this is a for those that don't know, uh Awesome Adventures Cat and Spirit is a free game. A free little two-hour experience that was released ahead of Life is Strange 2. That's essentially serving as Life is Strange 1.5. Where it is a little bridging thing. It is not necessarily the events of Life is Strange 2. It is just kind of a setup to them. 
So let me just actually pull up some names here so I can get things proper about this. Cat Spirit. Alright, so you're, you're playing as this kid named Chris. Uh, Chris Erickson. He lives with his dad. And he loves superheroes. Just everything about him. He has a bunch of action figures of heroes. He has his own little fucking setups of different teams of heroes and villains and stuff. His own little stories and everything. And he has his own author insert fanfic character, Captain Spirit. Who has various fucking mind powers. And it's about a day in your life. Um, it's around Christmas time and you're supposed to go get, you're supposed to go get a tree with your dad. Um, unfortunately, your dad has been day drinking and is watching the, and is watching the local college basketball game. And of course, your dad is a former college basketball athlete. Also, your mom's dead. I can't see where this is going at all. Yeah, but yeah, so your mom's dead. She died a couple weeks ago. It was rough. And it is still rough on your family. And so... Going, getting into the game, uh, you just have a list of like eight eight objectives you can do. Um, it isn't really like fully fleshed out. It it well, it's not. I don't think it. Okay. It is pictures being it is pictures being drawn by Chris, and it's like hey, and it's like hey, go fucking fix the water heater. But then when you go to do that, um, you enter in you enter into the room where the uh, water heater is, and you enter into a dark void of just purple light and energy stuff as this cloud of billowing smoke just starts staring at you with demon eyes as you force yourself forward, and then use your awesome mind powers to fight it back, and then it goes back to normal. And you've turned on the water heater. It's and, trippy. And then and then you go into the book, and it's like defeated the water eater. And other stuff like that. It is like you build. I'm going to steal that as a supervillain name. Yeah, and, and and it goes on like that. Like you design your own suit of armor, and then go around getting the pieces of getting the pieces for that suit of armor. Uh, you bore your dad's car keys to hop into his truck to play to play spaceship in it, and then you end up on an alien planet where you where you end up at the cross section of the streets where your mom got hit by a car. Ah. Uh. Yeah, you're, you're, okay. you're trying to fight the evil Mantroid, which is a portmanteau of the beginning and end of the two streets where your mom got killed. Hmm. This sounds familiar. It's Life is Strange. My feels, they're having feels. Yeah, and there are no supernatural powers in this. At least none that you get to use. And I will get into spoilers of this, so anybody who hasn't played this thing and wants to go do that. It's free. Uh, but you get, you get to the end of it and uh, your dad is super drunk and super belligerent and is like, hey, you fucking shit. You're the reason your mom's dead. You cunt. And then, and then your next door neighbor comes over and it's like, hey, Chris, sweetie, how's it going? We heard some noise. You okay? It's like, oh, no, yeah, we're cool. We're cool. Dad just fucking tripped. And then you have the option of saying, oh, yeah, he's fucking sauced off his ass or whatever. And so when I was playing it, I was like, yeah, it's cool. Don't worry about it. My dad, my dad doesn't beat me at all. We're good. Later. 
And the old lady, really sweet, really awesome. And the dad's like, well, you fucking tell her, you piece of shit. Your mom's dead because you fucking could suck my dick. Apparently, your father's played by Bill Cosby. <laughs> it's the Bunny yellow button pops. In your ass and hole. Yes, yeah, so this pisses off Chris. So he gets fucking super emotional. Everything runs outside, goes to climb his treehouse, and the ladder that is climbing that he climbs up breaks. He starts falling down, and then just before he reaches the ground, he stops and floats, and then drops the, and drops the last couple inches. And somebody saw him do this. Which can only mean that the next game is going to be about Chris with telekinesis. It's going to be it's, instead of instead of being about some fucking shitbag high school girl who fucking just gets powers randomly and then goes on fucking whatever. It might be about a guy like a fucking shitbag high school student who grew up with powers for the last ten years. Which is something different. Which is definitely something different. I can't wait for season two of Life is Strange. It's going to be really cool. I hope. Can't wait for more awesome, totally authentic teenager dialogue written by 40-year-old French people. Ah, uh, yes. It's going to be hella sick. It's going to be totally narnar, brah. Yeah, last thing to talk about, uh, just very briefly, because it's going to be going up in a video series, I beat Danganronpa. One or two? One. I finally beat first Danganronpa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can finally play uh, Danganronpa 2 and get on uh, get on you about not be- beating that. <laughs> yeah. That ending. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> and it kind of pissed me off a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> that ending. Specifically the phrase, the most awful, most tragic event in human history. They kept uttering that, and it was like, Tahiti's a magical place. Like, just fucking tell me. <sighs> yeah, I still... Thoroughly enjoyed that game. It was a... Coming from the Phoenix Wright side of things, it was a... It was a refreshingly different take on that style of game than Phoenix Wright was. Because the Phoenix Wright, it was very... You moved at your own pace. It was yeah. very it was very much like, all right, so we have this sentence. We, gotta, we, we have these fucking like seven sentences. We have to go through each of them basically like fucking letter by letter and press them and figure out what the fuck's going on. Who's lying. Who's doing what? Whereas with this, it is just fucking go, 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 go. What's happening. Who's lying. What's doing this. We have all, we have fucking like nine different pieces of evidence cycle through them all in 13 seconds. And with all the other mini games and stuff, it kept things fresh. Um, One kind of thing that coming from the Phoenix right side of things did trip me up a little bit was I got the bad ending. In one of the videos. Because with Phoenix Wright, I've been trained that the truth will always be the truth will always be the right thing. Oh I know what you I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so just okay. Spoilers going forward. 
in one of the trials, uh, in like the second to last chapter, um, you are, you know, Kyoko is lying. You know, one of the characters is lying and you have proof of that. You have the option of trusting her and letting it go th- and just letting it go or presenting that evidence and revealing the truth. Well, truth. And that's true. And one of the quotes. big things that the game pushes is that like you're supposed to trust your ally. Yes. But in this one segment. Of, yes, but one of the things that has been ingrained in me through seven Phoenix Red games is the truth, no matter what, no matter how awful the truth, the truth is the best thing. Objection. So I presented the evidence. Then she died. And then Hina fucked all of us and had all of our kids. Yeah, that is a weird ending. And then it flashes back and and Makoto's like, wait, what? that was a weird fucking vision. What am I going to do now? Should I trust her or not? Oh, wow. Yeah, that. And also, I actually... Going into that final fucking trial, I actually got my first Phoenix Wright moment of I couldn't figure out what the thing was, so I just looked up a walkthrough. Just one of the questions, it was like, all right, so yeah, this one piece of evidence fucking contradicts what you said. And it was the DVD. But we just got the DVD, and it... The way that it played did not ingrain in my mind of like, oh, yeah, there was something else hidden on here. It was just they decided to stop it. Really? Because I got a definite they don't want us to know the truth feeling from that scene. No, yeah, it, 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 there was that because fucking Monokuma shut up the power to it. But it didn't click in my mind that's what it was. It didn't click in my mind of like, oh, hey, the screen's coming up. Wait, that's something weird. Power's out. It was just, it got to a natural stopping point, and then the game force stopped it. See, you can tell that I really enjoyed this game because I actually remember what happened. Yeah, I'm talking as vague as possible. (laughs) Like, I actually distinctly remember what happened. I love this game. But yeah, so and one, one of the reasons I haven't gone and played the second one is because I want Dead to at least understand which characters I'm talking about when I rant about this game. <laughs> Though, I, if I remember correctly, uh, a few of the characters carry over into Danganronpa 2. Yeah, I don't know very much, but I do believe that um, Byakia is in Danganronpa 2 and he's really fat. Just the, I guess, the. Fucking that's soccer a trial. And just how fucking flabbergasted Byakia was that a person would do something for somebody else. <laughs> I fucking hate Byakia. I want that's him to asshole. die. Byakia is scum. Byakia is the worst kind of person. And I'm watching another playthrough of the game where somebody is where somebody's headcanon is like he is straight up in love with Makoto and like it's it's one of those fucking shit people, and I don't understand it. Like he is the scum of the earth. He is the most irredeemable shitbag, next to a literal murderer. I like the murderer pretty much best out of like all of the ones you're supposed to hate. Oh yeah, like I, she's interesting. Yeah, like uh, so I guess I should say 
by the end of the game, I did not make true friends with anybody. The best I got was up to like level four with two different people. And Genocide Jill was one of them. I would just hang out with the murderer and the horrible, depressing person who are the same person or Sakura. Because Sakura was kind of dope. If I'm honest, they were my favorite. <laughs> even even her death was fucking metal. But it was weird. As I, as I was going along, I realized, like, wait a minute. Is the person you're talking about Kenshiro from Fist of the Morning? Fist of the North Star? Because she, because like her whole thing is her whole thing is that oh there's somebody more powerful than me that I need to defeat, and it's like oh yeah he is a martial artist and assassin who has mastered this ultimate killing technique and his name is Kenshiro. Yeah, that's pretty much Fist of the North Star. Yeah, this fucking poke 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 you're already dead. What I don't know what you're talking. Ah! Uh. But yeah, so I have. A few more videos of that to do. I got uh, two more uploaded just waiting to post for appropriate time so that's not just a fucking endless deluge of Danganronpa on the YouTube channel and the website. Are you going to do the uh, summer vacation thing? Uh, the, mean the dating the side kind of story like sub game thing that you unlock by beating the game? Uh, no. Maybe later. But, but you can collect everyone's underwear. For That's now, not a joke. That is, that is the I'm, reward you get. I'm aware. I game. feel like I'm aware of that. No, no, no. I'm directing that at Alex because he's been very quiet. <laughs> I I just don't want to. You are you guys, quite you literally got, rewarded with people's underwear. You guys were on a roll. I just I didn't want to interrupt. Yeah. Also, you've heard him talk about video games before. Do you really think he wouldn't believe that the game gives you underwear? I'm it's true. I'm it's true. Well, yeah, yeah. No, I'm like like okay, yeah, that's fair. I've seen Stranger Rewards. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, like I said, I got like a couple other videos um, uploaded and just waiting to post. And then I have, I think, five more in the docket waiting to edit. But yeah, then uh, yeah, once I have that all up and good to go, then I'll be jumping into Danganronpa 2. I'm also currently playing through Ghost of a Tale on the channel. You're playing as a minstrel mouse who's trying to escape from a jail of rats and rescue your wife using disguises. That sounds adorable. That sounds adorable. His name is Tilo. He has a loot. He's great. The game is not particularly well optimized because there's a point. The game runs pretty, pretty like, all right, 60 FPS for most of the time. Walk inside a building, 24. And from what I've read, that's a V-Sync issue. Computer games are fun. I need to build a new one, but that's like, but it'll cost me like $3,000. Anyway. That's all I got. Alex, what have you been playing? What have I been playing? I have been playing absolutely nothing. I have been too busy. Nothing nothing new and exciting here, I'm afraid. That would have been great to know beforehand. Oh, sorry. I wanted to uh, let you do your thing. 
No, I mean like before recording. Oh. Like hop on and say, hey, I haven't played anything. I could have, but I wanted to, to surprise you. Thanks. Why, were you like, were Alex? You, were you like, what? This thanks, man. Were you, were you counting on me like having some something incredible to mention? No. Having I, anything to was mention? That, was that yeah. your master plan? No, the master plan was I pass it to you and you have something. No, sorry. <laughs> you have anything. I ruined your, pl- I ruined your plan. <laughs> it's not a plan so much as the format of the podcast. Usually you go last. I was kind of taken aback when you suddenly started talking about like Kyrie Warriors. <laughs> I go when I fucking want to go, dude. No, usually it's one know, of the benefits of him being boss. You, you know, usually you just you go last. So I was like, okay, I guess because uh, you usually start off with me. Do I? Yeah, some most of the time you do. Yeah, actually, you do. So you so you can be like, so what you been playing? Nothing, and then I was gonna just you know pass off and get this the cast moving. So now my plan is ruined. Well, great, you fucked up everything, Alex. Congratulations. I did. Yes, yes. So, caveman, have you been playing nothing? As much as I would love to say that I've been playing nothing, just to continue the joke, I actually have uh, two games that I want to talk about, and uh, just a little side thing that I want to mention. Um, I am quite literally shitting myself with excitement and glee over uh, uh, Stardew Valley's multiplayer release, because it's one of the things that I've always wanted from a farming game, a true multiplayer, and it's giving it to me. Quite literally, eh? That is like that is like not important. I haven't been playing that game right now. So on to the things that I've been that I've been playing. First, I have to talk about the best thing that a, that a uh, movie uh, the best the best thing a movie franchise has released since the first movie, and I'm talking about Jurassic World Evolution. Right, the park literally management game. Is the best thing they have released since the first movie. It is a park uh, management simulation where you get to make dinosaurs. I am looking forward to when I unlock purple and T-Rexes so I can make Barney. So this is like Roller Coaster Tycoon, but with dinosaurs? Yes. And you can my favorite feature is one that they highlight to you very early on. You can release the dinosaurs on your unwitting populace. I actually did this and then got very mad because one of my predators broke the prey fence and released a prey. (laughs) So I had to send out my trank team to go tranking all of the dinosaurs just so that I could get them into their proper cages. It was very upsetting (laughs) because it's very tedious to trank and move dinosaurs. (laughs) But it is a very, very, in my opinion, a very solid park management sim. Uh, it's fairly easy to unlock sandbox mode, yet it gives you a reason to continue playing the normal modes because just unlocking sandbox mode does not mean you have access to everything. You've got to go and complete all the areas to get access to everything, which I really like. My problem is that as far as I can tell, there's no unlimited money mode for me to just breed an army of T-Rexes to send out at my hordes of uh, of, of amused and bemused guests. <laughs> I just finished Island 1, and I was very stubborn with Island 1. You see, it lets you move to Island 2 fairly early on, but you still have a ton of extra side crap that you can do in Island 1 to complete it. 
So I, I slogged through, maxed out every dinosaur, and then I could go to move to Island 2, and it's like, by the way, all your progress is going to be reset. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> all that work. But it was it was it was absolute fun. It was a it was a blast. Um, I have I have learned I actually learned about dinosaurs, which something I didn't think would happen. I expected it just to be like, yeah, here's a T Rex, here's a Triceratops, and here's an Apatosaurus. That's what you get. And instead, it was like, here's several dinosaurs that you don't know about and cannot pronounce. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, learning. <laughs> Because anyone who's watched the uh, TV's podcast knows I like me some documentaries. I love to learn. So when a video game gives me my learning in a very easy to access and understand system. Oh, and here's another thing. When you're in a menu, it's not paused. Unless you're in the save menu, the game is not paused. (laughs) I didn't realize that when one of my dinosaurs went on a rampage. (laughs) I was in my menu, and I lost power to my pred enclosure, which meant that the fence shut down, which meant that the predator, who had been eyeing up some of my customers, broke through. I was just going to say, can you like have the dinosaurs go crazy and just kill all your customers? Um, from my understanding, in the later areas, the uh, your, your rival companies will actively um, sabotage you. So that your diners can dinosaurs can go crazy. It's like in the roller coasters game where you can deliberately send people on a half finished roller coaster and plummeting to their fiery death. I I at some point I'm going to go to the sandbox mode island and just like have my breeding center open to the public. So they can like my like and I at first like at first my plan is that at first it will be just prey. Just vegetarians just casually walking along the people will be like oh god it's a dinosaur but it's not one of the sharp ones that will eat me and then i'll release a t-rex and all hell will break loose and it'll be the greatest thing ever. but no i this i have wanted a jurassic park park management style game since the first one because like i've wanted to make my own dinosaurs and all that stuff and this game delivers. It fucking delivers. And I'm very happy with it. I am loving literally every minute of it that I play. Um, I haven't gotten very far in the game. Like I said, I've only gotten to Island 1. And that's because of another game that I've been playing that's been occupying more of my time. But if you like park management games, it's not the best park management game. It skimps on a few of the areas that really like the the anal retentive management sim players look for. It's not the best park management game, but it's a solid one. I wish that it was it gave me more of the minutia because I don't know how much power is needed in what sector. I don't know what generates how many guests or any of that stuff. But it's a fun park management sim. And it's got the most important thing. It's got dinosaurs. It's got a lot of dinosaurs. I think there's something like 20 to 30 different species of dinosaur. And if you take into account the permutations that you can get by modifying individual segments of DNA, it gets to a ridiculous number of different kinds of dinos. Even if you only account to the skin tone changes that you can have. It's a pretty big number of different dinos. 
And you can name them. So I've named all my predators after slasher killers from horror movies. <laughs> and I periodically have uh, my preds fight prey uh, dinos. And I'll name them after famous scream queens. Well, okay then. Yeah, I, I'm I'm loving the game. It's it's a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. Um, maybe wait until it's like forty bucks versus the current price because it is a little pricey for what you get. But also, keep in mind that it is a park simulator. Yes, it is a park simulator. So yeah, because like the entire time you're like, oh yeah, it's so fun. Yeah, I. If you're not into park simulators, you're not going to enjoy it because it is a park simulator first and foremost. It is not. It is, well, while you do get to ride around and shoot at dinosaurs, you're not shooting them with guns. You're shooting with them with trank rifles. So, I don't like micromanaging. Yeah. If you don't like micromanaging, this is not for you. Um, but moving on. From one micromanaging game to a uh, much less micromanaging game, but you're still managing things. Nino Kuni 2. Revenant Kingdom. This is the game. This is the fantasy RPG where he plays the president of the U.S. Right? Yes. All right. <laughs> and he is the worst president in history <laughs> because literally in the first five minutes of the game, we see him let New York get destroyed, and then when he gets teleported his aw- away, his first thought isn't "I have to get back and deal with that problem." It's "What the fuck is this place?" <laughs> he is a terrible president. <laughs> it's like, oh no, New York is just ooh. Ooh, shiny things! Ooh, cat girls! Oh no, New York is destroyed. I'll deal with that right after I fi- right after I figure out what these mushrooms do. He's a terrible president. Uh, he's but he's a very knowledgeable one. Like he understands a lot of the political structure. So I'm not sure where, like, what action he took that got New York bombed. <laughs> he probably he probably failed to like he probably failed to like come back with a sick burn against the dude in North Korea. In my opinion, you play as two characters in uh, Nino Kuni 2. Um, you play both as the president, and you play as young Prince Evan, who you will, who it is your duty to elevate to the position of king. Um, yeah, because you know, because demo- you know, democracies, monarchies—they're about the same, right? I haven't beaten the game yet. Uh, I am quite a ways into it, but I have not yet beaten it. Uh, I will avoid spoilers. Uh, as best I can. Uh, I do have to state your party will grow. So you start off with just the king, and then you pick up Evan as one of the uh, playable companions. There are multiple weapon types, but each character can only wield one type of melee weapon and one type of ranged weapon. And this is where I get into the biggest fix that Nino Kuni 2 did over Nino Kuni 1. Nino Kuni 1 was the most anal retentive, irritating, slow paced collectathon party management game I've ever played. I did not enjoy playing Nino Kuni 1. And he enjoys park simulators. Yeah. I love Nino Kuni 2 because it did one simple thing it took those annoying ass mini monsters that you had to raise and train and threw them away. It got rid of them, and I love it. No monsters? No annoying little, oh, I found this one monster, and it's better than my other monsters, even though it's lower level. 
because that's how leveling works. Bullshit. Yeah, fuck you, Pokemon. Nino Kuni 2 is, in my opinion, better in pretty much every way than Nino Kuni 1. I like the story better. I, I really prefer the characters. And I, I, I speak that with full and genuineness in my heart. Like, Nino Kuni 1, the characters were rather dull. Rather, rather dull. But in this one, like, even the 12-year-old prince has some depth to him. Even the 12-year-old prince is likable and interesting. Even the annoying little uh, pet characters that you get are interesting and fun and curious. And I want I, this, this took it from, okay, this is a very pretty collect-a-thon, too. This is a world I want to learn about. Because Nino Kuni 2 is a world I want to learn about. I have buried myself in this game for over 30 hours. Yeah, that's impressive. And I've been, I, most of that has been side quests. I don't normally, like, with games like this, I normally like, you know what, I'm going to see how far I can get in the story before I have to level grind. This one is like, okay, uh, do I have to do the story yet? No? Okay, I'm going to go do side quests for four or five hours. For a game to pull you away from the fucking sex-fueled amazing excitement of park management, it must be something. <laughs> it really is. Um... <laughs> And like after, like you get a little ways into the game, and then you get into the part of it that's kind of grindy, managey. And it's a little. This segment's a little bit slow. It's the kingdom building segment. But I have fun even with that. Um, you you earn an alternative form of currency, which is called King's Guilder. And I have seen one or two complaints online about, well, I have like 200,000 regular Gilder. Why can't I turn it into King's Gilder? And there's actually a very simple answer for that. If you could give and take money from your kingdom as you wished, then there's every chance you would drain the king's coffers because you wanted to go buy that really awesome looking sword. Instead, priorities, man. The way I look at King's Gilder is that's tax money. Which most games don't even consider. They don't acknowledge it. But it's actually it's an actual facts problem that countries have to deal with. Just because your your leader is rich doesn't mean that he's gonna solve all your money problems. It I I I could gush on this game for hours and hours, but I have so you, other things that to, I have to do today. So you get to tax your subjects to buy yourself new fat loot. That sounds no. Cool. Specifically, you can't oh, use, use the money to buy new fat loot. Use the money to build facilities that let you buy the new yeah. fat loot. Like, I need to get that plus one sword. Peasants work harder for me. <laughs> All right. Actually, it's more like right, I need to sense. build that new plus one sword. Peasants. Work harder for me so I can build a facility that I can put you to work in so that I can build that plus one sword. So work harder, peasants. All right, you serfs, I need a new magical sword. Back into the mines. Yeah, that's not inaccurate. <laughs> but, that's sir, the mines are collapsing. Then fix them. Here's some King's Gilder. Do it now. No, not even that. It's like, it's like but, sir, we need resources. Well, go and get them. The, that's actually the one problem I have with this game. And it's the problem I have with a lot of crafting games. 
you can't be tyrannical enough? No. Uh, the resources segment. Um, you build facilities that gather resources for you. You you collect these resources, and then you go to the crafting menu and realize, all right, I've got to go to the shop and buy five mellow fat peas. Word. The shop that's 50 feet away from me that you could go to, given that I am your fucking king. Go. Oh, no, I sir. don't care if it raises the price. There should be a have your peasants buy the ingredients for you option when your shop sells the goddamn ingredients. But sorry, it's you, it's you who needs this stuff. Get your ass down there now or else you'll be executed. I don't know about that, Sawyer. The only other problem I have with this game is it's very childish. And I'm not saying that, like, oh, pretty colors, bright and colorful. I'm not saying that's what makes it childish. I'm saying that our main character, Evan, wants to start a country so that what well, that encompasses the entire world where no one fights. Well, that's stupid. Exactly. And no one, I repeat, no one says, well, that's stupid, when he tells them this idea. <laughs> they just say, well, that's going to be a hard thing to do, Evan. Ugh. Just, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, they, they kind of coddle. They kind of coddle the would-be king. <sighs> That's Though, right, sire. Least... One day there'll be a kingdom where no one fights. So, oh, will there be fucking... Will there be unicorns and ponies and everybody gets a free chicken? If we kill them first. What? Is he just there pisses, is a lot As the king pisses his pants. There's a lot of fighting. And like my that's actually that actually goes into one of my favorite mo- notes is Evan's not an idiot. Like you'll go out and they have this thing called muster battles where you lead a small army against another small army. And he'll comment that he wishes that we didn't have to do this, but the only way for his kingdom to be safe is if they are strong. So I'm like, okay. That's that's actually Good on you, kid. Is but there? I want a kingdom where no one has to fight. And I'm just like, Ugh. is there a king management game? Like when we were playing as the evil vizier. <laughs> Wait, you want to be the guy who's whispering in the king's ear? Yeah, that's the entire game. Like the entire game is just you sitting with your king as you're just there, just say as you're just there, just like whispering into his ear, talking shit about everybody. Now I want that game too. I want that game, and I want it to be like, will you be the evil vizier or the good vizier? Will you lead the kingdom to rack and ruin as you build your wealth? Or will you be the nobleman who who wears only the same clothes every day just so that this peasant may eat his dinner? Yeah, the king and the council are all just a puppet, are all just puppets for your own fucking thing. Anytime anybody anybody starts getting out of line, it's like, oops, well, actually, he accidentally got assassinated. Whoops-a-doodle. All right, indie game developers, get on it. Someone make a good version of this, because this sounds interesting. Yeah, totally. Just art assets are real simple. Just have a just have like just have a person in regal in regal fucking whatever, uh, and have them at seven different levels of disheveled and tyrannical. Yeah, just pick a cutesy animal as well, like because that'll make it sell on the indie market. Theming yeah. it after an animal, but not foxes. We gotta. Let's let's keep out of the let's keep out of the market of Zelda like a fox. 
Uh, go with Owls. Owl Boy is a thing, isn't it? They'll think it's a spinoff. Uh, that's a bit. That's a bit shitty. And the indie game market hasn't been that shitty in years. Well, do we really want to go with cats? No, not cats. Right. Fucking, I don't know, dogs, otters, a Ooh, beaver. Otters, they're adorable. The king's a beaver. I don't know. Go for otters. <laughs> but no, um, it's a if moose. You, if you- if you like the RPG leveling and all that stuff, this is another game from level five that I would spew my guts about for hours and hours. It, I love I love level five as a company. I love what they've done in the past. I love this. Nino Kuni is Nino Kuni Two Revenant Kingdom is an awesome game, and I have very little bad to say about it. I just had to look this up, but yeah, Nino Kun, uh, sorry, not Nino Kuni, Yokai Watch is coming to Switch. Oh, yes. Yeah, Yokai Watch 4 is coming out uh, on the Switch in Japan this year. Meaning we still have some time to wait before we get it on Switch over here. Meaning this is the last year of the 3DS. Well, no, Level 5 specifically has come out and said we're not we're not done developing for the 3DS yet. I mean, they say this yet. All their major franchises have moved to the Switch. Yeah. But that doesn't mean they can't have minor franchises that start out on the 3DS and they move over to the Switch. Uh, I don't know. Like, where's development cheaper? Is it cheaper to develop for the Switch or the 3DS? Apparently, you could, apparently the, one of the biggest new Switch games is like this RPG that's like a deliberate downgrade and throwback to the old style. So apparently for the Switch, you can just like do a cheap Switch game and be like, okay, but it's still the Switch. So it seems like the Switch is going to be both a a high-level console and a low-level one at the same time. Well, yeah, one of the first games I bought for it was Golf Story. I love Golf Story. That's a really good game. Yeah, anyway. Uh, Anything else been playing then, Gabe? Uh, that's all I really want to talk about. Uh, park management veteran, veterans, go out and get Jurassic World, Evolution. Those who love RPGs, go out and get Nino Kuni 2 Revenant Kingdom. You don't need to know about Nino Kuni 1. Oh, they actually right have right. a segment where they give you a rough idea of the story of Nino Kuni 1 and Nino Kuni 2. And it's part of the gameplay. <laughs> well, alrighty then. That's what we're playing then. On to news. So first up. Uh, it has been announced that Life is Strange 2, Episode 1, will be coming out on September 27th. This was announced in a trailer that featured the Life is Strange logo being sewed into a torn-up backpack. We're okay. You know. Like you do. And luckily, this is a generation... There's, 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 there's enough... I'm able to play... I'm able to still play this game on a PC. Like probably by the next probably by the next iteration of the game, like Life is Strange three, I will need to upgrade. But for now, my PC is still good because I'm going to be doing let's play of this because I did one for the first game. But yeah, on Steam right now, you can buy, you could pre-purchase uh, the entire season for fifty bucks, which not bad. Uh, so moving on from there. Uh, Call of Cthulhu, the upcoming Cyanide Studios narrative RPG based on the tabletop game, based on the books, has a release date now. It's coming out the day before Halloween. 
So it's coming out on uh, Mischief Night. Yep. Okay. Well, which is pretty great. Um, so it's Studio- geared for release so that all the uh, Let's Players will be able to have their first episode out as a Halloween-themed episode. Even if it was released in Halloween, they'd have it up on Halloween. True. But yeah, Cyanide Studios is a company that I I follow. Uh, like their whole like their Orcs and Men series is a game series that I have tried to get into a lot and really want to get into because it's interesting to me. Like of Orcs and Men, Sticks, Master Shadows, and Sticks, Shards of Darkness are all really cool. And yeah, uh, I might check this game out. Because it's described as a narrative RPG and not as a horror and not as a survival horror game. So I might be able to get my pussy ass through this game. Unlike the real, unlike the regular Call of Cthulhu Dark Corners of the Earth, because fuck me, that is too scary for my bitch ass. That game freaked me out. I couldn't beat that game. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Moving along. HP News. So. The upcoming Insomniac Spider-Man game is coming on September 7th. People are getting excited about it. Looks real fucking cool. Also looks real fucking cool is the limited edition Spider-Man PS4 Pro. That comes with a one terabyte console that is painted entirely red with the white spider logo on it, as well as a red and white controller. Okay, that sounds boss. Yes, uh, this was announced at uh, San Diego Comic-Con this past week. Uh, it is all this is coming out uh, for four hundred U.S. dollars, which I believe is a I believe is the price of the PS4 Pro just standard. And yeah, I want it. <laughs> I have a working PS4, it. but this looks so fucking cool. Looks so fucking good. I need to pick it up the game when it comes out, though. I'm going to be getting that game at launch because fuck it. I like Spider-Man. And it looks like Arkham and it looks like Ark, the Arkham games and I like Arkham and it's by Insomniac. And I like Insomniac. Can't wait for this game to be a massive disappointment. I am desperately hopeful that it's like Spider-Man 2, the movie, the game. Because that was one of my favorite games on PS2. I still have a copy. I think I still have two copies. Hmm. So, like, I am very hopeful that they get the web swinging right. Because, like, that's the big thing for Spider-Man games, to be good, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, you can check out the trailers. Uh, there's a there's an extended gameplay demo at E3 that showed off some of the swinging. So you can take a look at that see, and see if it's what you want. Unless I, and like, my big thing is I need to know, I actually need someone to be telling me, okay, and this is how I'm doing it. Because the big thing with uh, the original Spider-Man was you didn't just hit a button and go. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like attached to a like, thing and then swung and there was actual momentum and carried over and stuff. And you, like, if you played it properly, you had to use both shoulder buttons interchanging so that you could actually get like proper control out of the swing. It was great. Yeah. So I never played that one. I never played the um, PS. I never played Spider-Man two. So I won't be able to tell you really anything like that. Anywho, 
news. New releases wise, uh, this week it's a bunch of fucking nothing. That's my favorite game of 2004. The bunch of fucking nothing or Spider Man 2? Bunch of fucking nothing. Oh, okay. It's nothing. It's nothing like what you expect. Yeah, and then next week, uh, the Mega Man X Legacy Collections are coming to Switch. And No Man's Sky is coming to Xbox One. Oh, I mean, yay. Oh. I forgot that was the thing. Yeah, so did I. Did they ever make it... Better? Not bad? I don't think so. Oh. Yeah, I'm looking ahead for the next couple weeks. It looks like nothing's really coming out. It's a game about nothing. How do we know when it's over? When you hear the fucking bass line kick in. When the credits start. Nah, even then they don't fucking bang at a dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> credits kicked in and the game kept going. Anywho, that's going to do for this week. Thank you all for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks' time with more of Alex having played nothing. I think I'll going to try and play at least something by next time. No promises, though. Outstanding. Great to have you on the show, Alex. Yeah. I'll probably dust off an old game and uh, talk about that for a few weeks. I'll probably burp into the microphone to be an asshole. Until then, so I'm dead. more of the same. And Alex. And I'm Caveman. And we'll see you guys next time. Goodbye. Have a wonderful time.